There's another time where the giants are mentioned and it's in the book of Numbers. And um, we know the story, it's the 12 spies and they go to spy out the land. And uh, yes, yeah, so they go, I've got liquid all over my laptop. They go to, uh, they go to spy out the land and uh, they come back and 10 give a, a negative report and 12 give a, uh, two give a positive report. And so we know that uh, these people come back and then Joshua and Caleb are the only ones that come back with a positive report. Saw the same giants, saw the same problems. And uh, they say something really interesting. Joshua stands up and says, let us go up at once. Kind of like David, when David just said, like my wife just mentioned, who is this, you know, pagan, uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God. Joshua stands up in the book of Numbers and he says, let us go up at once. He says, their protection has departed from them. And here it is, for they are bread to us. The giants in the land, the, t- the 10 that came back and said, hey, they're, they're giants, they, the land devours its inhabitants and, and they're, they're so big and so scary. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, bread. The same giants we're not gonna look at as problems, but we're gonna look at as sustenance for us. This moment of opportunity to overcome this obstacle will actually feed me and make me bigger and stronger. I wonder if we could look at our giants instead of worrying and full of fear, we could say, giant, you are bread to me. You are nothing but bread to me. And so Father, we wanna be a people Lord, that see our giants as opportunities, Lord, to grow and opportunities, Father, to be bread to us. So Father, we honour You, we worship You today as we come into this offering weekend in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Well, you can take your seat and as you do, uh, I'm only gonna be preaching for a short amount of time this morning because uh, we're giving our offering and we're gonna worship Again, we're gonna move into a space of adoration to the Lord. And so welcome to those that are online as well. This is the 10.30 service, so we are online. And uh, if you're joining us online, I know there are people that have contacted us that are joining us in our offering today and uh, they're not even physically in the room. So you've got uh, your your card, a house for revival uh, under your seat. And if you've already prepared that, then that's awesome. But if you do need to fiddle around during the message and come together with your partner or your husband or wife, or if you're single, just yourself um, and and write down your number. We had a really beautiful moment at the 8.30 service where as a church family, we came forward and we worshipped because how many know offerings are worship to the Lord, yeah? And so when we come, we're not just putting this here uh, into this clear tube, but we're actually worshipping the Lord and saying, God, in the midst of economic calamity and a a, a so-called recession, we're gonna put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And uh, we saw a beautiful thing happen at the 8.30 and we're gonna do it again this morning. So I've got a quick word for you. Um, Something that the Lord spoke to me about and I hope it encourages you. I think it's a word for us today as a church, uh, corporately, but also individually. And so the first opening Scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. Is everybody there? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, give me an amen. Amen. When you say you're there, you're either on your phone or you're looking at the screen. Yeah? Okay, that's all right. It says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes. Everyone say yes. Yes. All the promises. Every promise that God has in His Word is not a maybe, but a yes in Him 
every single one. All the promises of God, in Him are yes, in Him, are amen to the glory of God through us. So we as believers, we get to partner with the Lord in bringing the promises of God into a reality, into our lives. And uh, the disciples in particular needed to learn this, didn't they? They hung out with Jesus for three and a half years and He made them a bunch of promises. He made them a bunch of prophetic declarations. And because they're humans and we're exactly the same as them, sometimes they got it and sometimes they didn't. How many know Jesus had to tell them about a million times that He was going to the cross and gonna rise again on the third day, but they didn't get it. They still denied Him. They still didn't show up uh, at, the end, at the time of the cross. There were, there were moments where they just kind of, you know, nodded their head. You ever been there in a conversation with people where they're like, you, you're telling them something and they're like, yeah, yes, Pastor, but you're like, that's going in one ear and out the other. It's just like, yeah, nod, but you, you, there's nothing here and there's nothing going on. I imagine the disciples like that when Jesus is like, hey, the temple's gonna be ruined and built up again in three days and talking about His death and resurrection and they're like, yeah, yeah. And He's like, you don't get it, do you? And so he's, you read the Gospels and you see Him repeating and repeating these promises to get it through their heads. And, and we're the same, right? Sometimes it's easy for me to believe a promise that the Lord has made and other times it's hard and I've got to read it and re, uh, repeat it. I've got to meditate on the Word of God. And so the disciples needed to learn this. They needed to learn that He is faithful and that He is worthy to be trusted. The Bible says that He's the rock of our salvation. In other words, He's immovable, He's, he's unshakable, and in his, in his majesty and awe, we can fully trust Him because He's not a man that He should lie, but He's God. And every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God accomplishes what it's set out to do. Can somebody say Amen? amen. And so this morning, we are, we are believing that God's promises are going to happen in our lives. And so all the way through the Old Testament, book of Isaiah, so many books, pretty much every book in the Old Testament prophesies of a Messiah that's gonna come, Jesus. And not only that, but how He's gonna die, how He's gonna rise again, what's going to happen. And so these disciples, they knew and they understood these promises, but for some reason, they weren't able to make it a reality and actually believe it and apply it in their lives. And as I was reading this week, the book of Mark, I, I, I saw something that I'd never seen before. I saw one verse that, turned it all into its, its proper alignment for me. And I wanna share it with you. I believe it's a word for us this morning. And so in Mark chapter 14, it says this. This is Jesus speaking and He's talking to the disciples and He prophesies and He says, but after I have been raised, Mark 14, 28, I will go before you to Galilee. And I've read that a million times. I'm thinking, what's the significance with, with, with Him going to Galilee? So He's there with His disciples and He's saying, I'm gonna die and rise again. They're, they're in all kinds of fear and worry and you know, question and all of that. But He actually says to them, I am going to go when I rise again to Galilee. Now we know that they were in Jerusalem, but He says, when I rise again, I'm not coming back to Jerusalem, I'm going to Galilee. This small promise, if Jesus promised you, I'm gonna be in a certain city or a town, you'd think in the scheme of biblical grandeur that it would just be like, it's, it's only a small promise, right? But it is the promise, I realised this week, it's the promise that unlocked all the other promises. 
And I felt the Lord say that there are, there, are, there are moments of meeting Him in Galilee. There are moments here this morning where individually and corporately, we need to meet Him in Galilee. It's a small promise that we need to put our faith and trust, which will unlock every other promise that He has in our lives. And so the disciples are confused. The disciples are, have lost hope because this guy, this Jesus, this Messiah that we've been hanging around with, He's doing miracles, He's raising people from the dead. He's turning our lives upside down and He has now died and all hope has gone because we don't know whether He's gonna rise again. I know He did say that, but we, was it figurative? Was it real? What's going on? And so the hope levels of the disciples are dwindling and that can be us. Where God has promised us something, He said something to us, He's spoken to us that our bodies will be healed and yet we haven't seen the healing. Or maybe He said to us that our kids who have run away from the Lord and are out in the world will come back to the faith and yet we haven't seen the fulfilment of that thing. Or maybe He called you to do a great ministry work for Him and you know you're called, but you're not seeing the fruit that He had once promised you. Whatever the promise is, you might be right there in that place. We hear this story at Easter, right? Where He died and the disciples lose hope. But all of a sudden I see in Mark chapter 16, something interesting happens. An angel of the Lord comes to Mary at the empty tomb, which typically, again, we talk about at Easter and says something that I'd never seen before. He says this in Mark chapter 16, He said to them, Do not be alarmed, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, whom was crucified. He is risen. So this is the good news, right? He's risen, He's not here. But listen to this. See the place where they laid Him, but go and tell His disciples and Peter, because Peter's the doubter, right? So he, the angel's like Mary, go and report what I'm about to tell you to the disciples and to Peter, here it is, that He is going before you into Galilee. The one thing that the angel could have said to her, He reminds her of the small promise that Jesus made, I'm gonna meet you in Galilee. And the angel comes and could have said anything to Mary. That the, hinge, the, 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 the hinging of the church depends on this woman going and telling the disciples the right thing. And the angel says, go to Galilee. And it says here, just as He said to you. He, I know He already said it to you over here and I'm here to remind you, go to Galilee, meet me in Galilee, just as He said to you. And I felt like my job this morning was to remind you that there are things that God has said to you and He has promised you. And I'm here to stir your faith that it is just as He said to you. I'm here to remind you that it is just as He said to you. If you feel lonely and you feel forsaken, I'm here to tell you that His Word says that He will never leave you nor forsake you just as He said to you. If your kids are away from the Lord, I'm here to remind you this morning that the Bible says if you train them up in the way that they should go, they will return just as He said to you. I'm here to remind you that the Bible says that His presence will go before for you and behind you and will be your guard and your shield. I'm here to remind you that He said He would promise to give you the Holy 
Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, the Guide, the One that puts His anointing in you, just as He said to you. I'm here to remind you that if you've got pain in your body, the Bible says that by His stripes, you are healed just as He said to you. And so the angel comes and reminds him, reminds her and to her to tell the disciples, meet, me, meet him in Galilee. So being the researcher that I am, I, I get my rocks off by studying maps. I don't know why. Any men, when you go on a holiday, you gotta figure out where you are. Grace is like, I don't know whether we went north, south, east, west, I don't know how far we are, I don't care. Right? I need, to know if, I need to know where we are. I need to know where the coastline is. I need, I need to know, geography is my thing. It got passed down to Eva. The other two don't care about maps, but we spend our time looking through Google Maps and uh, it's, it's a great time to bond with my daughter looking at maps. But anyway, so I looked at a map. And if you look at Jerusalem where the disciples were and you look at Galilee, you've got 126 kilometre distance. And so I started to think, well, why did, and I'm sure there's some Jewish scholars that know the actual reason why, but I started to think about why did Jesus say, I'll meet you in Galilee? Why did He just come to Jerusalem? Why didn't He just come where the disciples are? But yet He went 126 kilometres that way. There's a valley that they had to go through. And so they had to make a decision. There's a promise that Jesus made to us, but the fulfilment of it is in Galilee. He said, meet me in Galilee. And had they not walked 126 kilometres, kilometers, 30 to 32 hour walk. Think about it for a second. The disciples are walking overnight, the heat of the day, the cool of the night. They're going through and, and probably dealing with all kinds of wildlife and dangerous animals. They've probably got people that wanted to be there, people that are just tag-alongs, people that are doubting, people that are full of faith, people that start off in faith, but by hour three, did Jesus really say this? Why are we even going to Galilee? All of the normal human stuff would have been happening, but they pushed through and without knowing the, the fulfilment of it, we're gonna go to Galilee because that's what He said. And so they make this journey from Jerusalem to Galilee and they walk and they've got foot blisters and, and they've got all kinds of stuff going on. And the ladies are having to pee in the bush. It's not fun, right? But Jesus said, meet me in Galilee. It took faith. It took persistence. It took rising above the doubters and the arguments of, is this even really true? But I wanna remind you of something. Do you know what happened in Galilee? Jesus is standing on the shore and the disciples are fishing and He's like, cast your net on the other side. And we have the, the, the boat sinking load of fish that come into the, into the boat. It's on the shores of Galilee that Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. Go, the Great Commission, the greatest thing He's ever said to us, go and make disciples of nations, teaching them and baptising them in the Name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The very mission for us as believers was given, not in Jerusalem, at Galilee. And so I wonder this morning, how many of us are sitting in Jerusalem waiting for the promise to happen, but God is asking us to meet Him in Galilee. 
God is asking us to do something in faith. Make that faith step. Walk, go go by whatever it is, corporately. We're putting a, an offer in this week on a $20 million building, that big red box called the warehouse on Cameron Road. That's us walking from Jerusalem to Galilee. That's us saying, hey, we're going for it. We're believing God. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but the disciples didn't know how, whether Jesus was even alive. They saw Him die. They saw His body be, be, be taken away to the tomb, embalmed in all kinds of spices and oils and all the traditions and everybody crying and weeping. They heard that the tomb was empty, but was His body stolen? What's going on? And now He's saying He's gonna meet me in Galilee. Yep, faith. Faith. What's going on in your life where the Lord is like, I've got a promise for you, but it's in Galilee. I just, you just need to walk. I need to apply for that job. I need to start that business. I need to make that phone call. I need to forgive that person. I need to start uh, praying for people on the street. Whatever it is that God has promised you is gonna happen in your life, it will take an element of faith and perseverance and rising above the naysayers to be able to see the promise that only gets fulfilled in Galilee. I wonder what would have happened had they said, well, if Jesus really loved us, He'd come to Jerusalem. Well, if He really, you know. Because, because we say things like this as Christians, don't we? Well, if it's God, it'll be easy. Well, if it's God's will, there'll just be a peace on it. Where'd that come from? Let me tell you, Peter on the edge of the boat about to step into the water, no peace there. Well, you know, brother, you'll just have a, yeah, sometimes there'll be a peace, but not always. Sometimes God will call you into a crazy situation where all you've got left is blind faith in the Lord and what He said. Or what about this one? Follow your heart, sister. Don't follow your heart, please. The Bible says your heart is wicked above everything else. Christians saying this stupid stuff? Don't follow your heart, follow the Word of the Lord. My, my heart will take me here, there and everywhere. <laughs> Just peace. <laughs> if we can get the team up, that'd be great. The one promise that unlocked the Great Commission, that then unlocked Book of Acts, that then unlocked the early church, that then unlocked you and I being here, it was so simple. Meet me in Galilee. So corporately, we're walking to Galilee, but individually, what, here's what we're believing as leaders, as staff, we're believing for you that as you come and you give your offering and we worship the Lord, that not only will we see our corporate miracle of a building and expansion and all that great stuff, above that, we are believing that you, in your situation with your family and your mountain and your giant, that there is going to be a miracle. There's going to be a promise fulfilled. That thing that you've been believing for as we make a decision to worship the Lord and walk to Galilee, I believe when we get there, we're gonna see Jesus on the shores of the beach. He's waiting for us at Galilee. You know, we say things, you know, corporately just speaking about the building and we say things like, you know, we're gonna take a city for Jesus. I believe if we get that building, that that's the marker for the city is ours or Jesus's. 
take a nation. How do you take a nation? Part of it's spiritual, part of it's physical. We need to make a mark in this city. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the crazy walk to Galilee. (laughs) I don't know how it's gonna happen. Probably all gonna get blisters on our feet. We'll fight along the way. It's gonna be an awesome walk though. And when we get there, Jesus is gonna be standing on the beach. Why don't we stand to our feet? Come Holy Spirit. You know, as we bring this offering, I'm thinking of two things this week. One is the power of an offering in the Old Testament. And it wasn't just a casual thing. It wasn't just bringing a piece of paper into a clear bucket. Um, they, They would bring offerings and all kinds of different offerings. But in particular, this offering if you look at the New Testament, Old Testament, it was about bringing an offering for the building of the temple and they would worship. And it was an act of worship. I know for a fact that some of you are sacrificing deeply this weekend, financially. And it's an act of worship. My wife and I, we're believing for our first home. We've got our eye on something that's going to auction this Wednesday. And the number on this card makes no sense. It hurts, it's worship. Some of you are are sacrificing when your accountant is telling you things are going downhill, but you're putting things in place and you're believing God and you're going above and beyond in this offering. It's a beautiful act of worship. And I believe all of heaven is looking. All of heaven's looking at us at all three services. This is not about how much money comes in for the building of the building. It's about Jesus receiving an offering this morning as an act of worship. But we're saying, Lord, we love You. Lord, we honour You. And and no matter what the world screams, we're going to Galilee and we are gonna bring bring an offering to You this morning because we love You. And we believe in what God's doing in this house and His call, prophetic call over this city. And so as we do this, I've asked the team to sing two songs. One is House of Miracles. And uh, it declares who we are. Who we are, this is a house of miracles. And then I've asked them to change gears and move into a song called, Show Me Your Face. And we're gonna adore the Lord this morning. We're gonna worship Him. And the, and the lyrics to this song is, show me your face, your power and your grace. And it's, uh, I can make it to the end if I could just see your face. Above everything that's going on in our lives personally, above everything that's going on in the nation right now, We've got to come and offer something to the Lord and worship Him. It's all about Him. It's all about His face. It's all about loving Him. And I just got a funny sense that the Lord has got something for us in Galilee, corporately as a church. But you take hold of that Word for your situation. Don't stay in Jerusalem. Meet Jesus in Galilee. And so Father, as we bring this offering to You this morning, Lord, receive it. We pray above everything else, above everything else, that You would receive it as an act of worship. Lord, Your Word says that You receive worship and prayer as a sweet smelling aroma into Your throne room. And worship is far more than songs. It's far more than a 40 minute set on a Sunday morning. This is worship. This is worship with our finances. It's worship with our families. And Lord, as we come, as we hold hands with our wives and 
families and come and drop these cards into this, into this bucket, Lord. Take note, receive the worship above everything else that You would be blessed. And Lord, yes, we've got great plans for the city. We wanna see a kingdom expression finally take place. We wanna see a real Antioch built here in this town, a place of encounter, a place of equipping and a place of releasing. And so Father, we know that these are just cardboard cards, but it represents so much. People are digging deep. And so Father, be glorified. Be worshipped in Jesus' Name. Hey, if you haven't uh, filled that out, take your time. We're gonna worship probably for about 10 or 15 minutes. So the service is not over. We're gonna come and we're just gonna, we're just gonna as a family, it's a family moment. We're gonna, we're gonna worship the Lord and we're gonna honour Him as we bring our offerings together. Amen.